Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, we're getting ready for the Red Raiders and the Cougars. Texas Tech welcoming in top 25 Houston. We'll have facts and factors to get to. We'll also take a look at the Big 12 schedule at large. It's definitely a show-me slate involving the show-me state, and those are bars. And we're getting into Chris's conversation on the radio with Texas Tech head coach Joey McGuire and defensive coordinator Tim DeRuder next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Good to see you again. Thanks for joining us on Locked On Texas Tech, your team every day as part of the Locked On Podcast Network with Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan, and today's episode brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has got you covered like grandma's quilt this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever. Bet Online, where the game starts. Chris, uh, we're not too far away from a meaningful football game. My man, and we'll have plenty on that coming up in just a moment. But you got your weekly opportunity to visit with Joey McGuire as part of the Joey McGuire show on local radio. And of course, deservedly so. I know that you guys were quick to uh, spend some time talking about the guy we saw leave last week's game uh, and starting quarterback Tyler Shuck. Yeah, Casey, I did. I got to visit with uh, Coach, you know, because he had mentioned on uh, Monday, I guess this was, that, uh, hey, look, we're not going to know anything until he visits with Dr. Crawford on Wednesday. This is something we kind of talked about as this one, uh, this week went along. All I can tell you is tonight he's still saying it's still three to six. I think, I think they feel pretty good about things, I guess is my point. They, it's still three to six weeks, um, but, but I clarified – with 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 coach mcguire and i think this is the big takeaway because i think look when, when this happened to to tyler last year and he went down in austin we never saw him again we didn't see him again until the spring joey was very you know made it very clear because you know i asked that i'm like so hey you're not saying this is out for the season or anything i say no 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 so yeah he's like anytime we get news like this and it's not season ending or anything like that. You know, we, we take it as good news, and I absolutely agree. So that doesn't mean we will see Tyler Shuck playing quarterback, uh, okay, the rest of this season, because if Donovan comes in and rolls, you know, then then there's no need to 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 change it. However, yeah, the way that Tech schedule, you know, kind of work. There's a bye week in there too, you know. So anyway, right. I just I want I want to make that clear that you know maybe by mid-October he's back you know at, at, the, at the latest I, I can't I can't say for sure but uh but yeah I think I think they feel relatively good about it compared to what it could have been and I'll, I'll take that as good news I wonder is this a situation where I mean certainly you have to believe it's there's no reserve spot I mean there would have to be probably something unsatisfying going on with Donovan Smith's play or whoever's in there for Shuck at some point to be back in the mix or how do you view it because of what Donovan's resume was a year yeah. ago? Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I don't, I don't think if, even when Tyler is cleared and maybe he's practiced just a bit and they feel like, okay, he's, we, we could throw him in there. I don't, I don't think that he would just come back and, 
and play, um, like take the starting job back, I should say. Right. Uh, unless there is a need for that, unless there is other injuries or unless that, yeah, the quarterback play has been less than stellar and it's like, okay, we need, we need a spark. I, I can just tell you this. Uh, and, and, and it was made, you know, the point was made to me again by coach McGuire tonight. You know, he just, look, th- there was a, there was a difference in Tyler and Donovan and Barron and, and fall camp that, that is clear. He won the job fair and square, uh, and, and it's no slight on, on the other two, but um, so I, 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 but I also don't think that that comes with okay, as soon as he's back and healthy and cleared, that he just jumps to the front of the line again. That's not how this is going to work, in my opinion. But right, because have, there was a small margin between them, right? I mean, it was a rel- I don't want to say a razor thin, but I mean, there was a competition that had to play out. There, there was, but I, I think that I think that what Joey's trying to say to me is, hey, man, there was some stuff that like. Tyler was better, like period, yeah. uh, you know, like, gotcha. so, uh, but again, a lot of things can happen over the next month to six weeks or two months or whatever. And we're not sure what this team's going to look like. We're not sure what the quarterback play is going to look like. We won't know about a lot of things. Uh, but the good news is that Tyler Shuck may be back in the mix or available at some point. Uh, and cause I mean, I, I kind of had, had feared the worst that, okay, well, that's sure. it. You know, he's, he's out for the year, but that's not the case. Well, so much seems so similar to what we saw last season. So there's good reason, whether it's you on the sideline or fans in the stands, uh, to think exactly that and certainly feel for the guy and and rooting for him because he's easy to root for um, with whatever process he's got coming up. I I know he's taken a lot of maturity and probably some wisdom from the last time around that, that maybe he can apply to this one. So hopefully we have a chance to talk about him and he'll have that chance to get back in a position to compete uh, maybe later on this season, Chris. But as for right now, it's Donovan Smith. I, I wonder, back to Joey McGuire, uh, did you detect any vibe change? Was he running a little hotter? I mean, it, it's a different scenario with a top 25 opponent in state. It ain't FCS matchup uh, time again this weekend at the Jones. Did you sense anything different from Coach McGuire? Not even a little bit. He's as calm as as he was headed home. I think the inside linebackers, I think, were eating dinner at his house tonight, he's going to have a different position group there every Thursday night. It's just kind of uh, what what they do, and NCAA allows you know coaches and, and things like that to have a, a dinner a week. I think at, at home, and but no, he he showed up early. He was about thirty minutes early to a show, which this was a was he lost? A, well, yeah, this is a shocker <laughs> to me. I, I've had coaches. Uh, I'll let you guess, but I've had coaches that uh, that showed up thirty minutes late to shows before. Um, <laughs> Uh, to, to their own show, mind you, but no, he he was great. He's very calm. Uh, I think they know what uh, what they're getting into. I think they're ready for it. I think he felt good about the week of practice. I think he feels good about you know what 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 they'll do between now and when we're talking to you in in game time. Uh, but uh, no, I, I, it was really just the same guy, smiling, happy, you know, excited for the opportunity. Well, that's good to hear. Um, I know that you also talked to Texas Tech defensive coordinator. Tim DeRuiter, and I want to get to a, a big picture here in just a minute. Um, but I'm curious about one name because you mentioned this name to me, I think, post-game last week. Um, and I think you guys talked about it again, Miles Cole. Yeah, so we started talking about uh, Tyree Wilson, okay? And, you know, because Coach DeRuiter, he coached uh, Kayvon Thibodeau at Oregon last year, who was a top-ten pick for the uh, Giants, I believe. 
And, you know, and, and he's like, and I, and, and obviously Tim DeRuiter also coached Von Miller uh, at Texas A&M when he was there. So he knows what, what top end guys look like, you know, and those two are, I mean, Von Miller going to be a hall of famer and Thibodeau, obviously top 10 pick and just now getting his career going. So we start talking about Tyree Wilson and he, he just talks about, he said, man, Tyree is actually bigger than, than Thibodeau is and all that. And he goes, I'm telling you, you know, I've, I've been around it. And he goes, I think, I think Tyree's got a chance to be, you know, a, a day one pick, which is just the first round. And he goes, but he's sure at the top half of the draft and all that. But anyway, as we, as we started talking, I, which we kind of already knew this, right? We've talked about Tyree. We kind of already knew he's on the radar and all that. But what piqued my interest is he said, Whenever NFL scouts come through or have come through or when they did come through back in the spring and summer and, and, and now even in recent weeks in fall camp, they ask about two guys on my side of the ball. That's number 19, which is Tyree Wilson, and number five, which is Miles Cole. That was a bit of an eye-opener for me because this is a young man that, that, that has just gotten here mm. um, from, from you know, you know one of those colleges in Louisiana. And I made this point on the broadcast the other day, Casey, in that when I'm down there on the field and you, you're, you're looking at these guys up close, if you if you swap numbers, you wouldn't really know any difference as far as measurables and looks because Miles Cole is absolutely 6'6", 280, 275. I mean, they're, 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 they're clones of each other. But that was news to me that, okay, NFL scouts are all over this guy already. And so I think, man, because if, if you're talking about you've got a couple of NFL-type guys up front, and those don't, those names aren't Hutchings and Bradford and some of the other guys you've got. I, I feel like, man, that that could be pretty good. Now it's up to them to go do it and reach that potential. But anyway, I just wanted to make sure we we pointed that out. Yeah, no doubt. I had to look into him after you mentioned his name last time around. Uh, wasn't very familiar with him. Uh, a Louisiana Bill Monroe transfer <laughs> yeah, that's right. with two years, I believe, to play. Correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Two I mean, years well, to play at Tech. Well, I mean, if he, yeah, yeah, and I think Tyree does too. But wink, wink. You know, we'll, we'll see how <laughs> right. that goes. Hey, yeah. I hope we have that problem. Yeah. Uh, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But yeah, a Shreveport, Louisiana native, and I know for a fact that you can learn some things down there that they don't teach in school. So there's no telling what type <laughs> of bag of tricks he's got in the trenches. And man, it would almost seem like a bonus. Chris, one of those times where you uh, hit the transfer market and you cash in, which some other guys on campus have uh, done some great jobs with, mostly in the basketball gym. Um, but maybe this will be one of those opportunities for Joey McGuire and company. My uh, my bachelor party was on a casino riverboat in Shreveport, Louisiana, and at Woo! the horse and at the horse races in in Shreveport, Louisiana, Louisiana Downs. Um, I, sp I spent some. Messy times back there in the riverboat the man. That's right, riverboat man. Huh? Back in '96, maybe. Wow. I guess. Yeah, the summer of 1996, <laughs> man. Yeah, Shreveport. I, I'm I'm all about me some Shreveport. They got a minor league team there that is Shreveport Captains. I mean, I'm all about that. Um, Let's go Independence yeah. Bowl, right? <laughs> That's Independence Bowl. Been there several times. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, shout out to Shreveport, man. If, if you're out grief. there, you're... I'm envious of your riverboat experience, dude. <laughs> that takes you up in any man's book. I think that's, that's, that's right. a dream of every man. And I've never been on a riverboat. There you go. There you go. I'd like for somebody to be thrown over on the side, preferably in a suit from the 1800s. If I'm on there, I'm just thinking, 
I'm basically thinking of the movie Maverick now. Is I drank so many gin and tonics that night hey. um, that I saved the little the little stir straw in, in in there, and I bet I had over twelve of those straws in my pocket at the end of the night. I'm not proud of Good. it. I've never had gin since then, uh, and that that's a true story, man. I mean, you could have built a little house with all as many straws as I had in my pocket, and uh, but I've, I've never <laughs> I've never partaken of that particular uh, clear sauce uh, since. You drank the swamp dry that night, man. There I you told go. You, I told right. you. You can learn yeah. some things down there. They don't. But teach shout out to Miles Cole. Yeah, shout, shout out, out to Miles Cole, Cole yeah. a Louisiana guy. And I uh, hope we got plenty of reason to hear you uh, mention his name coming up this weekend. We'll get back specifically to Texas Tech in Houston, breaking down the matchup with facts and factors coming up in a bit. And directly ahead, we'll talk Big 12 slate for the weekend because there is certainly an opportunity to make an early season statement. I don't want to act like it's the end-all, be-all, uh, but some big spots for a few Big 12 programs, including Texas Tech, and we'll get to that coming up next. But first, want to remind you to check out our friends at betonline.com. Net college football season is just getting revved up already one week in the books, though. So you don't want to spend too much time on the sidelines. So get hooked up with Bet Online, your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments with Bet Online. It's your continued source for all wagering information, live betting, esports, scores, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite events. Major League Baseball, NFL kicking off this weekend, college football, boxing, golf, MMA, video games, I mean anything. Look, you're going to find it there at Bet Online where the game starts. It's Locked On Texas Tech, your team every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us with Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan, Red Raiders and Cougars from Jones Stadium coming up Saturday afternoon, and we're back to it. Back to the matchup coming up in just a moment with facts and factors leading into Joey McGuire's first opportunity to topple a top 25 opponent as the head coach of Texas Tech. But first, wanted to step outside of that realm uh, into the Big 12 because you got quite a weekend of games here, uh, more than a few to be interested in, Chris. And it gets started early with some of these 11 a.m. kickoffs, of course, primarily uh, the University of Texas and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Yeah, this is show and tell this weekend, man. I mean, this is a really good, (laughs) as bad as last weekend was, Overall, this one is equally as good. And this is, uh, you know, you mentioned the game in Austin and 20 and a half, 21 point underdogs are the Longhorns. And, you know, Steve Sarkeesian basically already trying to say this game won't define us good or bad. I'm worried about the conference race. I'm not. It can't help us win the conference race. But I mean, you know, come on, guy. Come on. (laughs) I mean, Here's the here's the point that I will make here about this game. Most people, regardless of the result, most people will overreact to it. This game in particular, if if Alabama rolls, people are going to really pile on Texas and probably overreact and bury them for dead and, and all that stuff. 
if it's a close game, people are going to say Texas is pretty good, you know, and, and all it's it's all going to be overreaction about the result of this game, in my opinion. But people will tell you too. I think around Tuscaloosa, this may be one of Nick Saban's best teams he's ever had. Now, do mm. they play that well right out of the gate? I don't know, but that's frightening. <laughs> but, yes, but for for Texas. All the talk has been, man, if, if we could just not, not, you know, if we, we can just cover, I mean, if they just keep it within three touchdowns, folks, they're at home. Okay. This is an early kick, which is most of the time bad for the road team. Right. Uh, so I don't know what we'll see, but um, kind of fat. Yeah. But I, I worry for Texas offensive line. That's, that's what would be my concern against that Will Smith and that Crimson Tide defensive line. But it should be a fun game. I really don't know. Uh, don't know how to feel about a Texas team that could lose by or be expected prior to the game to lose by three scores because still you're thinking about the University of Texas for crying out loud. And I know that Steve Sarkeesian. Well, Kansas just beat them last year. (laughs) I understand. (laughs) I understand. In Austin. It's just hard to fathom. I get Uh, it. I get it. Even though Steve Sarkeesian is, is going nowhere fast, I mean, we all know what's going on, I think. I don't know if he does, but I would assume that that most understand uh, that Steve Sarkeesian, at least in my opinion, not a long-term answer. And, and we know that there's going to be a pathway from San Antonio to Austin available at some point, you would think, in the relatively near future. But it's just hard to reconcile that while you're looking at these two brands that occupy a similar sphere as far as marketability, uh, you're looking at two different universes as far as on-field success. And I'm going to go ahead and say, I'll take option one, Chris. I Put me down for the pile on. I, that's my preferred overreaction. I'd, I'd like to pile on Texas on the other side of this weekend. And I think that's probably actually what we're going to get the opportunity uh, to do. And we'll get it early in the day. So maybe we'll be in a good mood by the time we get to kick off at 3 o'clock here locally. How about Missouri K-State? Little uh, old Big 8 heat. Like seeing this matchup again. Yeah, th- this one's, you know, I, I think it's a good regional game. Shockingly, it hasn't been played since, I think, 2011. Is the last time these two teams played, which they're they're you know it, it that's bizarre to me, uh, but uh, I, I think you're you're we're we're gonna start to find out you know how good Deuce Vaughn and Adrian Martinez, who didn't play particularly well last weekend, but I think Deuce Vaughn is one of the better players in the in the entire conference as far yeah, as a weapon sure. and the way that they use him and and all those things. But uh, be interested to see kind of if because Kansas State's at home, they're favored by about I don't know eight or nine points. Yeah, give or take. And uh, but if they take care of business here, you know, Kansas State's one of these sneaky good teams. I think a lot of people are very high on. Uh, but uh, you know, and and was it Drinkowitz? Is that Dinkowitz? Is that the head coach's name at Missouri? Elijah or Eli? Drinkowitz. Or? I thought you had some of an old college buddy now. Drinkowitz. <laughs> now, that was a wild guy. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Left Probably his shoes at the gate of campus. He wouldn't wear them on campus. It was it's like an probably Asian thing. Some riverboat in Shreveport is probably <laughs> where he learned how to sauce it up. That's right. Last I heard was actually paddling on a riverboat in yeah. Shreveport somewhere. It wasn't a glamorous gig. It was one of the uh, lower tier riverboats that you'll find. Obviously, Texas Tech in Houston up next on the slate chronologically. Uh, and that is not anything to do with Dr. Dre or Long Beach, California, <laughs> for the kids who are wondering. We'll get to that one in our final conversation with you today. Facts and factors on the Red Raiders and Cougars coming up. How about a little bit of agricultural beef? Iowa, Iowa State, over under three and a half, I think. Something like that for these guys. Could take them all day to get into the red zone. But 
I don't mind that kind of football because, you know, I'm just a football fan, Chris, and sometimes the game's played out that way. This game has been, you, you, you know, we, we mentioned this the other day about Mike Gundy and how how they've rolled for the last decade, really, but they can't beat Oklahoma consistently, yep. or he can't. And so that's the knock. You know, when you talk about, you talk about great there and all that. Well, th- this is this is who Iowa is to Matt Campbell. I mean, he just, he can't beat Iowa. And now this game is at Iowa. The, the Cyclones are on the road. And maybe this will be a year when there's not a ton of expectations on the Cyclones and maybe they finally get it done. But this has been, you know, Matt Campbell's just just bugaboo, man. It's elephant in the room. He just can't get that game done. And they've done it in a wild fashion at times, uh, just just screwing it up. These games are always really close. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, we'll see kind of if, if Matt Campbell and his Cyclones can finally get past uh, uh, the Hawkeyes. But uh, they haven't been able to do it yet. Uh, this one only interesting to me because it's, uh, well, Neil Brown in West Virginia, who looked like they were finding way to lose last time around, yeah. but you've got an early conference clash with the Jayhawks here. Are you interested in this one at all? Uh, West Virginia minus 13 and a half. I'm seeing at home. I think there's a couple things here that, that I'll, I'll, I'll point out before we move on to the next game. One, I think that point spread is actually healthy respect to the university of Kansas. I mean, because there's sure. been times we've seen, it didn't matter who they were playing. Road games for Kansas, it was 28, 30 point spreads. It didn't matter who they were playing in the league. And and I think so that that's that makes me kind of interested. The second thing is if this game is is close or if somehow Kansas pulls off an upset, it just makes you wonder, you know, how loud the noise is going to get about Neil Brown and how deafening. Quickly... <laughs> yeah. And um, I, I do think Kansas is actually – they're improved because, I mean, people tell you, man, Lance Leipold is a hell of a football coach, and he does it the right way. I heard this last year from not just the the, the previous tech, tech staff but other folks in the league. You know, he doesn't have the talent yet, but they just coach him well. Their schemes are sound and all that stuff, and now he's got a quarterback that he didn't lose to the portal. So – uh, it's just kind of a conference game, though. It's buried here. It's like we just got going, and they're just burying a a league game, and, and it, all these other games are going to overshadow it. So it's kind of a weird fit uh, on week uh, two, I guess. Yeah, kind of odd. Uh, how about the uh, six thirty, and then the nightcap: Arizona State, Oklahoma State, Baylor, BYU. There at nine fifteen. Uh, those could be fun. Yeah, I think Oklahoma State rolls. Uh, it, you know, Arizona State. I don't think the the Herm Edwards' team is is great. I think that's a double digit favorite for. Oklahoma State, I'm sure that it was teachable moments for Oklahoma State after they get way up and then they're not, you know, and they just kind of rolled over. The the, the fascinating game, though, to me is the BYU-Baylor game. This is at some point, just like what the Red Raiders are dealing with, this is going to be a future conference game. These two teams played last year, and BYU is good. They are very good, and this is a long trip for the Baylor Bears. I think Baylor is faster. I think BYU is is older and very physical. However, Baylor is very physical on the lines of scrimmage. This is the reason that Joey's talked about we need more big people here, yep. like the previous place I was at. Mass I kicks think, ass. Yeah, that's right. And he'd always say, "Hey, big people beat up little people all the time." You know that <laughs> that's how it goes. I, I think I think Baylor wins a very close game here. 
And I think this will be – this is almost one of these games, too. It's going to kick off fairly late, but yeah. I'm, I'm fascinated to watch it. It's a cultural difference. It's, you know, it's just – I don't know. It's just kind of interesting uh, game to watch. But, again, this is going to be these games we're going to be seeing all the time when BYU is in the league. It's the altercation, three A's, no E. I like that. <laughs> I hope that continues uh, whenever yes. BYU gets into the league. I like the Bears on the road. I'm seeing BYU minus three as we sit here today heading into the weekend. But uh, I like Dave Aranda and the guys, tech guy, brilliant mind. I'm sure he'll go up there and wow us all uh, with what he's able to do against BYU. But, man, BYU will be a fun addition to have uh, here in the Big 12 not too long from now. Chris, real quick, while we're on the notion of uh, scheduling, before we get the tech in Houston to wrap up the week here with facts and factors coming up, are you paying any attention here locally to the noise being made about conversations or fantasy conversations as it relates to future non-conference series with our Red Raiders and the University of Texas? Has that gotten your attention yet? Yeah, so uh, I'll just give you some background there as, as I know it. Uh, about a year ago, you know, whenever everything was hitting the fan with, with realignment and all these things, there were a lot of Texas Tech intermediaries, president, athletic director, several high-level donors, and uh, other other key figures as like representing Texas Tech went to Austin, and they they had I think multiple meetings with Governor Abbott and other folks down there because this was like you feel like you had the rug pulled out. We didn't know this is going to really you know put Texas Tech and Lubbock in a bind financially, and you know because at the time you hadn't expanded the league yet. And all that. And so I think one of the things that came out of that was, hey, we, we will ensure that you you guys play University of Texas uh, for the next 20 to 25 years. Nobody signed a contract, but everybody walked away going, OK. And, and so I, I bring up a year ago to say to you that it was at in Houston, uh, the Red Raiders have played, you know, University of Houston at NRG Stadium to open up the season last year. The night before that game, Kirby Hocutt. There was a big speaking engagement and a ton of donors in Houston. We know there's a tech alumni there. And he told everybody, here's what we're here's what's gonna happen. And so it was kind of really no longer a secret. I had been made aware of it, I had heard about it, but he kind of told everybody, this is what we're doing. And now, as we look back a year from then, you know, now I don't know if they feel as confident in that. And I think there's shocker political folks uh, maybe not following up with their word. I don't know, uh, but we, we don't ultimately know, Casey. I have paid attention to this to answer your question. Sorry I gave you a long answer. but No, it sounds like it. I picked up on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I hope that th they, they figure this out. I hope that they play. Uh, we won't ultimately know what the future of this thing is until Texas isn't in the league anymore. You know, that's the, that's the main thing. But I get it. Texas doesn't have anything to gain out of it. Uh, but it, it would be crucial for the Red Raiders. And I, I want to keep playing them in basketball. I mean, how, how fun was that? And baseball too. I mean, I just think that that would really suck, man. If you if if they're if they're just gone and you don't get to play them anymore. Regional matchups are mm -hmm. what make the college world go round in so many different ways. At least historically, they have. And uh, Chris, I, I was you know really forced to confront what type of games you want to have and and what you're really after as a fan. At least for me, and it is those types of regional matchups. You've lost some big ones and stand to. Uh, potentially lose some more but man there are some great series that go by the wayside texas is not one of them uh has, they've shellacked the red raiders just like they do everybody else in the state 
historically. I was looking into this not too long ago, and you know the Aggies have about the best shot at the Longhorns out of those in the state. They've won at a 31% clip, real special. Baylor, Tech, Texas Christian range from 23 to 29%. Tough sledding, right? So when you're talking about the competitiveness of the series, either justifying it or not justifying playing it, I just kind of throw that out the window because it's the same for a lot of folks that are squaring up in that way. But I'm not even so desperate to keep the University of Texas on the schedule. I never had the same kind of heat, obviously, as I felt in that Aggie series where you're separated by only four games, although you're separated by about, what, 40 years of establishment and maybe $50 million year in and year out at least. Uh, still have only found four ways, I'm sorry, four different opportunities to beat you over the years. It's those types of series, much like Tech and Baylor separated by a game, Tech and Texas Christian, I think three wins there separating those two. Those are the types of series that I think really give college sports their juice. Problem for a Tech fan in this situation, the problem for me in this situation is that, you know, the University of Texas, the Aggies, they've seen, especially the University of Texas, seen these most historic rivalries put back on the schedule. Aggies, Arkansas, Oklahoma. So it's hard to say that they're diluting anything, really. So I don't know if we're just hoping for some benevolence, but I'm not holding my breath for honestly any of it, maybe outside of a postseason setting. I think I'm having to come to grips with that. Yeah, and you might be right. I mean, I don't know what, you know, I, I think there was a lot of talk about, yeah, man, you know, we, we, we control a lot of the votes out here in the oil and gas industry out here and agriculture. I mean, we, we have a lot of say-so and who's in the governor. I mean, there, there was a lot of, you know, twisting of arms and like squeezing, sure. you know, the, the, the game was being played at the highest of levels. And so I don't know, I don't know where this is all kind of coming from because I think it's maybe Chris Delcani that is basically telling Texas alumni, you know, we're not, you know, maybe not be doing that or, yeah, I don't know anything about that. I mean, he's just kind of hemming and hawing. So, and he's, he's as slippery as they come, man. Everybody that will tell you that's ever worked with the guy or knows him, he's, you know, slick and, you know, slippery and all that stuff. So I, I don't think you can trust him at all uh, at, at his word, if, if that's in fact what, what he gave uh, at the time. But I don't even know if well, he text. Yeah. But he's anyway. not the guy I don't even think ultimately is is going to be the one that's either green lighting or, or red lighting. Yeah, I mean, anyway. probably not. Probably not. But And uh, you're right. He's got the backbone of Frosty the Snowman. I mean, the dude <laughs> the dude was born to wear a lilac shirt, and Chris Beard chose to go work for a guy from UC Santa Barbara. Wow. What a story. <laughs> uh, before I, I we just, get out. I appreciate the Frosty the Snowman <laughs> reference, though, by the way. yeah, <laughs> It's about that time of year. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So I went to Costco the other day. Are you guys maniacs? <laughs> you may, it's September for crying You out lunatic. Out. Yes. <laughs> and now I'm, I'm about to tell you about the fall as we're getting into the fall. Not Christmas, not Halloween, not Thanksgiving, just good old fall. It's that time of year. <laughs> we're going to get to Tech in Houston and break it down with facts and factors before we are out of here. But first, before we move on to that, I do have to tell you about our friends at Flatlands Grain geared up for the fall to take care of your grain storage needs. They've got all bases covered with crop analysis, market experience, taking care of feeding your animals. I mean, they're going to take care of you. And uh, Chris, as we mentioned, every time we talk about these guys, we all know that agriculture, oil and gas, these things turn the Texas tech world. So we always are glad to be supported by and associated with those who are taking care of those people just like Flatlands Grain does. 
It makes it go, man. And uh, we certainly appreciate the folks at Flatland Grains. And yeah, you're right, man. I mean, agriculture, oil and gas, all that. That's why we love uh, this part of the state. We love the, so many people that are involved with those lines of businesses, man. And as I said the other day, hashtag West Texas, man. Deal with it. <laughs> These are Red Raiders and yes. they are centrally and conveniently located. Health Center, Texas, just 30 quick minutes north of Lubbock. And their goal at Flatlands Grain is to build lasting relationships and provide reliable service for the farming communities across the South Plains. So visit their website at flatlandsgrain.com or give them a call at 806-839-2522. That's 806-839-2522. Wheat, corn, milo, a truckload, thousands of bushels, anything you need, they're ready to be at your service. The Red Raiders at Flatlands Grain. Looking forward to serving you this fall and saying, get your guns up, wreck them, tech. See them at flatlandsgrain.com. Thanks for making us a part of your day. It's Locked On Texas Tech. Wherever, whenever, however you're dialing us up, we appreciate it and appreciate it even more. If you are subscribing on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcast, do it now if you haven't already. And many thanks to those who have. I know we feel the same on that, Chris. Absolutely, man. Uh, on the chase to 2,000 maybe or 1,500. I don't know. Got to get to 1,500 first. But uh, yeah, we certainly blew by the $1,000 or $1,000, 1,000 subscriber mark. Um, but, uh, yeah, we appreciate it very much. Yeah, no doubt about it. Keep on coming on with it <laughs> there on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcast, wrapping it up like we do every Friday, getting ready for the matchup tech in Houston tomorrow with facts and factors. And, uh, you've got a fact that could play a factor. I, I think Chris is the Cougars are coming into this one in the midst of a series skid against the Red Raiders four straight going the wrong way. Yeah, you know, this is uh, – because, look, I, I think Houston's kind of a pain to deal with. I, I think they're always competitive. They're going to be good. You've got three former players playing for them. Um, they, they've been relevant in recent years. I think they've had some really, really good seasons. They have a coach that – but, yeah, this is a you, – you've had, had some success against these guys. I mean, four straight, okay, I think 17, 18, 2021, the last three of them. And um, I think, you know, you've won nine of 10, which goes back, I believe, to 1991 is mm. is when that that streak kind of started. So I've only played them on average every three years. But at some point, this is going to be an every year deal. And and at some point, too, you're not going to have a lengthy, I don't know, maybe, maybe you can, maybe you can keep it up. But odds are, you know, you won't have like this lengthy winning streak uh, against Houston. But I certainly hope you do. But um, sure. I think that, uh, that that's chip on the shoulder kind of type stuff coming in here. You know, they, they know that they know that they're, you know, conference rival at some point soon, you know, so anyway, we'll just, we'll see if it, you know, the Red Raiders recent, uh, uh, success is that streak is snapped or extended, I guess on Saturday. I'm going to go with uh, a fact. And the fact was that last year, Taj Brooks, uh, was slicing and dicing the Houston Cougars to the tune of 134 yards on 15 carries. That's just under nine yards per carry, which is decent. 
got into the end zone twice, had a big hitter, 44 yards. I mean, the guy had a ball game early on in the season, uh, Chris, and I'm sure that they have not forgotten about that. I don't even care if it's Taj, if it's Sir Roderick, if it's the both of them. I'd love to see something similar, but I got to tell you, I'm questioning a little bit uh, the offensive line's ability to carve out some of that space because it seemed like some of what we saw from Thompson and Brooks last week was some individual talent maybe making some things happen uh, as opposed to running through gaping holes. And I don't think it gets any easier for the O-line this week. Yeah, no, it doesn't. I mean, I, that's a matchup that I'm certainly fascinated by is is your your front, including your tight ends and your O-linemen and everything, versus what uh, what Houston will – because Doug, uh, Doug Belk is a really good defensive coordinator for Houston. He changes the looks, and they've got some players, and they even call it – I think they call themselves Sack Avenue – or something because they've got so many cumulative sacks and things like that uh, on that side of the ball. But uh, I, you know, I uh, I think Taj last year. That's really when he kind of emerged as a dude. I mean, I think that yep. we hadn't seen that you know, breakaway speed or those big big giant plays, and now he kind of does it on a regular basis. But um, to to me, the biggest key will be which quarterback effectively runs the most. That that really will because I think Clayton Tune, they're going to call stuff for him, especially in the red zone, and it got. I mean, that's how they won the game, obviously. But they run some QB counter stuff. They they go empty and then they'll turn him loose a little bit with their sets. And I think I think Clayton Tune is going to cause some problems just because he's good and he's going to run. But I I think that Donovan Smith can do the same. I don't know if Tyler Shuck would have been able to do that as much as, as Donovan potentially could. So I think whichever QB run game may be the most, not that, not that either team's going to major in it, but I think it's when you use it and how effective it is when you do use it. And then there's going to be the, the one that you can't account for, like where somebody just says, okay, nothing's here. I'm taking off. I'm going. And, and all yep. that, cause Donovan's good enough to take it to the house. And I think Clayton Tune is too, because we just saw him do that and somersault in the end zone against UTSA and win a big game. <laughs> yeah, I hope it's more of a, a Rosencopter kind of somersault if he takes to the air this time. With the around. ball flying out, yeah. Yeah, against the Red Raiders. Here's my last point on this one, and you just mentioned the ball flying out. Uh, did give up a fumble last week, uh, the Cougars did, but last year, four takeaways for the Red Raiders, and they were four picks uh, from the aforementioned Mr. Toon. Fortunately, didn't see a takeaway for Texas Tech in week one, but how about getting busy once again in that column against this guy that you had one of your better days of the year uh, against last season? Yeah, and I, I talked to a guy tonight that picked off one of those passes in Reggie Pearson, um, mm -hmm. and um, I, I'm ready to hear The Purge. Okay, the theme, the theme song from the movie The Purge. But wait, 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 wait. I got a question. They, okay. I feel like you think this is a song. Do you and others think this is a song? Because I've seen this out there. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not. A, I, I'm. There, there's about. I'm aware. <laughs> I'm aware of about the first forty-five to fifty seconds of it when it sounds like. Because um, I thought it was just like the. <laughs> isn't it just a horn? Well, um, it depends on how much that they will actually play during the game. Because oh, okay. I don't. I don't. Okay. I don't Maybe know I'm the. Wrong. I don't know the part that they've cut to play in-house, 
But if you, if you, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll Google you the video. But if they purging through the snow yeah, in a one horse purging sleigh, yeah, that's yeah. the song. Yeah. Any, anyway, uh, but just uh, something yeah, that's been I, on my mind. I've been just, I've been, I've heard I people hope, say, when are we going to hear the purge song? And I'm like, I don't yeah. think it's a song. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's like, it, it's basically the, the sound that everybody's going to make whenever you can go commit murder and not get, not get in trouble. Right, for like it, a, you know, some type of foghorn, yeah. as I yeah. understand it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But, hey, I got one more uh, hard-hitting question for you before we wrap the week up. I don't know if you okay. saw this graphic. I think it was actually from the University of Houston or their football program's Twitter page. Uh, Nice-looking graphic. Actually taking a shot at Kirk Bryant with a Bachelor-esque uh, Jones Stadium scoreboard in the background. Uh, but that's not what I'm interested in. That was actually just kind of funny. Real small and like in the back. You had to really be weird enough to know it, what any of that means. Uh, to even notice it, I think. Cougar, Black Stallion, squaring off on this graphic. Who's winning this matchup? Because I can get lost in Animal Brawl YouTube videos all day long, my friend. So I'm actually curious, who's winning this matchup toe-to-toe? From the cat family, the big cat family, I'm the only afraid of a, of a leopard, um, a panther, okay. uh, a lion, Cougar, Cougar is just, I think, uh, the smallish. I think in, yeah. in, in my mind of, of you know, if, if the word mountain is in front of it, you know, or, or snow is in front of one of these big cats, I'm a little yeah. more frightened because I'm like, okay, this is really specific. Uh, this isn't my territory on a mountain or in the snow. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, a Cougar it just seems kind of like a step up from a feline to me. We're so going I'll with take, the uh, Yeah, I'll take Centennial Champion. I think – Centennial champion. Well, I don't know if he may be a lover, not a fighter. I really don't know. I had to put that on him. But well, in general, in he general, was a fighter last week. I can tell you that he was not happy. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. yeah. What kind of omen was that? He was not. He was feisty. Uh, and yeah, it, it, I mean, r- r- rookie a little bit, but finally they got him calmed down. But yeah, he was. He was not having it, man. And so I don't. I don't want any part of that deal. <laughs> This is what you're here to hear broken down, right? I mean, facts and factors. We really want to know, like, who's winning the the matchup of the Twitter (laughs) animal graphic. And yeah, yeah, I'm going, I'm going with the horse. I think just the sheer power and weight differential. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, the last question I have for you. Yes, sir. Okay. Lemon lime Gatorade is what color? Uh, uh, Yellow. No, you had it right, man. You shouldn't no, have changed. It's definitely not. It's I gr- thought you were gonna say limon it's, pepino. No, it's no. I've seen all that stuff. No, it's, it's cucumber, green. baby. It's it's green. Yeah, lemon lime. It's incorrect, but green. I won't hold it against you because <laughs> trying to make for a long lasting show here. So we want right. to build a relationship. Hey, a good way to do all that, right. by the way, and also prove to you that not every cougar is small. Said the chances are tomorrow night. I'll sh- I'll show you some of them. <laughs> There's a wide spectrum of cougars here in the LBK any Saturday night. So just let me know if maybe. You want to hook up and uh, establish a little show synergy uh, this weekend following a Red Raider win. Hey, following Locked On Texas Tech, make sure that you're checking out Locked On Big 12 with our guy Josh Neighbors, breaking it all down all across the conference with local experts of Locked On Podcast Network. I added an apostrophe S in a weird way there. They're going to take you across the Big 12 in 30 minutes with Josh Neighbors. That's Locked On Big 12, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Check it out after Locked On Texas Tech. Chris, uh, have a great game day, and we'll be back 
to visit post-game following Red Raiders and Cougars. So we invite everybody to join us on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcast as we'll have another post-game conversation coming up uh, later on Saturday. Keep hope alive, people. Guns up. Big opportunity for Joey McGuire and the boys Saturday afternoon from Jones Stadium. He's the only Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan. Thanks for joining us for Locked on Texas Tech.